You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. the better of the two, he did more for the kingdoms. Both of them did not finish well. Both of them finished horribly and had to be chastised by the Lord and basically taken out. It's the same story. Same story. Same with us. We have Jesus' promises on it in Matthew 6, 33. We quote it all the time. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Have you ever done a half-baked job and had it backfire on you? It almost seemed like just a waste of time since the job didn't get done, right? In today's message, Pastor Dave compares that to our faith. There's no such thing as being sort of faithful to God. It's either a full commitment or a waste of time. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 26 as he continues his message, A Tale of Two Hearts. that which you are trusting in able to deliver you? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. If you're trusting in your money, is the money able to deliver you? If you're trusting in your drugs, is your drugs able to deliver you? Is your alcohol able to deliver you? Is your sex able to deliver you? Is anything else that you're doing able to deliver you out of the hands of your enemies, which your enemy wants to pull you down and rip you apart? God is able to deliver you. So why are we serving other things? Why are we going against the grain and serving other things, other gods? That's what's happening here. At least that's what I see. That's what's happening here. When Amaziah is confronted by it, what's his answer? Who in the heck are you? (laughs) Who do you think you are? Who made you counselor? You know, come on. Excuse me? I'm I'm sure he looked at him and said, "Uh, you did. (laughs) I don't know. He pronounced a sentence on Amaziah for his idolatry. Not a very good sentence. Listen, I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not heeded my advice. The prophet's advice came from God. When the prophet spoke, it was like God speaking to the nation. They spoke in presence of God. Jesus said, what did they do to the prophets? They killed the prophets. They constantly killed the prophets and stoned them, he says. They wouldn't listen to the prophets. They didn't listen to Jesus. They might not listen to you if you give that kind of advice, if you give sound advice. Don't go that way. There's death that way. Stop taking those pills. You're going to die. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. It only leads to destruction. What do you know? And then we have to watch as that person goes down a hole that is just sad and our hearts break and hope that God would touch them in some way. In verse 17 through 24, Amaziah gets a little bit too big for his britches. His heart now is so far gone. His heart is so far gone from the Lord now. He's worshiping idols. He thinks he's invincible. He's starting to get really full head of himself. 
going to read all the way to the end of the chapter. Now Amaziah, king of Judah, asked advice and sent to Joash, the son of Jehoiaz, the son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, Come, let us face one another in battle. He called him out. Hey, you, northern guy, I'm going to take you out. Let's go. He called him out right there in front of everybody. Joash, now this is Jehoiash, it's a different name in Kings, but it's the same one. And Joash, king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, The thistle that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son as wife. And a wild beast was in Lebanon, passed by and trampled by the thistle. Here, the king is giving him an out. Hey, let's be friends. Let, let's, let's be friends. But Amaziah trampled by and said, No, 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 I want your head. He, ca- he challenges the king of Israel to a battle. Many of the scholars who I studied believe that Amaziah was still hot under the collar about them raiding his cities and kind of wanted to retaliate. He kind of wanted to get back at them, so he thought he could take them on. I love the northern kingdom's response. Don't even try. Don't even think about it. Indeed, you say that you have defeated the Edomites, and your heart is lifted up to boast. There it is. Your heart is lifted up to boast. Look what I did. I took care of those Edomiters, man. They're gone. I took care of those guys. Now they're nothing but red stew. I took care of them. Stay at home now. Why should you meddle with trouble? That you should fall, you and Judah with you. Here the king is saying the same thing that the prophet said. You're going to fall. How many times do we have to warn? How many times do we have to warn them? This is my mother saying to me, David, how many times do I have to tell you don't to do that? I did it anyhow. Come on. He's been warned and warned and warned. Notice the big verse here. His heart was lifted up to boast. I'm bad. I took care of those Edom guys. I took care of them. I'm bad. I got a great army. But Amaziah would not heed, for it came from God. Even God was behind all this, going all the way back to, the, to, to up there when it said, God will destroy you. God was behind all of this now. You see, God will either help you or he will overthrow you. So, you know, the choice is your Fram oil filter. Pay me now or pay me later. That's what's happening here. That he might give them into the hand of their enemies because they sought the gods of the Edoms. So Joash, king of Israel, went out. He and Amaziah, king of Judah, faced one another at Beth Shemesh, which belongs to Judah. And Judah was defeated by Israel. And every man fled to his tent. Well, who didn't think that would happen? Amaziah. Then Joash, king of Israel, captured Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Joash, the son of Jehoiahaz, at Beth Shemesh. And he brought him to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate, 400 cubits, and took all the gold and silver, all the articles that were found in the house of God with Obed-Edom, the treasures of the king's house, hostages, and returned to Samaria. Whoa, man, you make, a, you make that mistake, God overthrows you. You're done. God completely overthrows you. They lose everything. All the gold and the silver from the house of the Lord, all the things of the, of the, that were hidden by Obed-Edom, all those things, it was crazy. The king had offered him a plan. Amaziah's head got so big, he wants to fight the bully on the block. He wants to do this thing right. Not surprised that he didn't take the heeding of the Lord, but the Lord was using it to punish him. Doesn't turn out so good for Amagai. 
He suffers a cruel defeat. He becomes a prisoner. Jerusalem is sacked. It's robbed of its gold and silver. All the articles that are found at Obed-Edom's house, the treasuries of the house. As we get to verse 25, Amaziah now comes to the end. He ends up being hated and killed by his own people. Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, lived 15 years after the death of Joash, the son of Jehoiaz, king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Amaziah, from the first to the last, indeed, are they not written in the book of kings of Judah and Israel? After that time, Amaziah turned away from following the Lord. They made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. But they sent after him to Lachish and killed him there. Then they brought him on the horses and buried him with his fathers in the city of Judah. He's gone. He's gone. As we move on to chapter 6, Amaziah's son now is going to reign. His name is Uzziah. We know Uzziah from the prophet Isaiah. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Verses 1 to 3. Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father, Amaziah. He built Eleph and restored it to Judah after the king rested with his fathers. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. So he reigns for 52 years. And look at verse 4 and 5. And he did was right in the sight of the Lord. I don't like these words. According to all that his father Amaziah had done, he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. There it is again. Here we have the same DNA, the same heart problem. As long as he sought the Lord, they would prosper. Now, all these things are written down. You would wonder why these kings don't see a recipe here. They should look at it and go, well, this guy sought the Lord and everything did great. This guy didn't seek the Lord and he was killed. This guy, they go, hmm, what should I do? <laughs> Come on. It doesn't make sense. But we don't learn by other people. We don't learn by those. We have to learn ourselves. We have to learn the hard way. At least I had to. I still do. We have to learn the hard way. We're hard-headed. We're thick-skulled. Speak for myself. But the same old story. As long as Uzziah sought the Lord, the nation prospered. Everything was great. It was a wonderful time. But he sought after other things. They had character flaws just like his father, and it brought him down. Amaziah's heart was not loyal to God, and his son had a heart that was lifted up in pride. We're going to see that in a couple of minutes. Even though Uzziah was considered the better of the two, he did more for the kingdoms, both of them did not finish well. Both of them finished horribly and had to be chastised by the Lord and basically taken out. It's the same story. Same story. Same with us. We have Jesus' promises on it in Matthew 6, We quote it all the time. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. We need to be seeking him with all our heart. All our heart. It may not change your circumstances, but at least you'll have that peace of God that surpasses all knowledge in the circumstances, knowing that God is with you and you'll be able to get through it with him by your side. 6 and 7 says, Now he went out and made war against the Philistines. What is this guy with these people with wars, man? And broke down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabdeth 
and the wall of Ashdod and built cities around Ashdod among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Baal, and against the Meunites. So God was with him. He had God's help. Verse 8 to 15. Also, the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. His fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became extremely strong. And Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, at the corner of buttress and the wall. Then he fortified them. He also built towers in the desert. He dug many wells, for he had much livestock, both in the lowlands and in the plains. He also had farmers and wine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war with by companies according to the number of their role as prepared by Jael, the scroll of Meseliah, this officer, under the hand of one of the king's captains. The total number of chief officers and the mighty men of valor was 2,600. And under their authority was an army of 307,500 that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. So his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. Note that work. He was marvelously helped till he became strong. As long as Uzziah sought the Lord, everything was coming up roses. Everything was great. It was working out perfectly. The Lord was blessing them abundantly. The Lord was doing mighty, mighty works in his life, in his life. And we come to verse 16. But when he, Uzziah, was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Oops. Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him were 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor from the Lord. Warning. Then Uzziah became furious. And he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and there on his forehead was leprous. So they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get him out because the Lord had struck him. King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in isolated house because he was a leper. He was cut off from the house of the Lord. Then Jothan, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, from the first to the last, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, wrote. So Uzziah rested with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the field of burial, which belongs to the king. For they said, he is a leper. Then Jotham, his son, reigned in his place. Whew. God was just blessed beyond belief. His fame soared all over the land. People were coming from miles around to see this guy. He was a great king. He did so many good things. The people adored him. He goes into the house of the Lord to burn incense. This is set right against the Mosaic law. The priest called him on it. Hey, get out of here. 
You're not supposed to be here. What's wrong with you? No. He got the thing. He wanted to burn incense. The Lord said, "Uh uh-uh, fella. This pride thing has gone too far. And leprosy broke out on his forehead. They had seen his sin. His sin was there. He had broken God's commandment, the separation between the priest and the king. When he got strong, his heart was lifted up to destruction. I stand on the Lord's strength and the power of his might. He is the only strength that I have. It comes from the Lord. That when my heart is lifted up in pride, I transgress. Pride comes before a fall. Pride is the downfall of the human heart. Pride will get you every single time. Every time. He wanted to burn the incense. No, the priest said. You can't do that. It's interesting. As I was thinking that my mind wandered because we have a high priest and a king. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he fulfills both of those. He's a prophet. He's our high priest. He's our king. He's our Messiah. He's our savior. And he fills all those things. But at this time, there was a clear delineation between their duties. There was a a very, very strict policy. They couldn't do that. Uzziah thought himself above the law. And this is what pride does to you. You think you're above everything. We become prideful. And it starts to show. And look at Uzziah, a great king. Come on, guys, great king. And in the year Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne. That was Isaiah. In chapter 6 of Isaiah, this guy was a great guy, but all their focus was on him and not on the Lord. Remember, Uzziah is Isaiah's cousin. He was a good king, a popular king. The people loved him. And when he sought the Lord, everything was great. He had an army. He built defenses. He had fame. He had fortune. But his head outgrew his armor. His head outgrew his crown. He got a big head. He thought more highly of himself as he should. Started looking in pride in the scriptures. And in Job 35, it says, when men call out to God, he does not hear them because of their pride. There's so many verses in Proverbs. I have them here in order. And I just want to talk to them. 8.13 says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance in the evil way. In 11.2, it says, when pride comes, then shame. With the humble is wisdom. In 13.10, it says, By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. In 16.18, it says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Chapter 21, verse 24. Proud and haughty man scoffer in his name, Acts with arrogant pride. And this is what has happened. He was arrogant. His pride got to him. He was arrogant. I can do that. I can burn incense. I'm cool. I'm the king. He went right against the Mosaic law, right against God's law. And God wouldn't have it. He crossed the line. There's a line that we can cross, folks. There's a line that we can cross. And God had to deal with him because he crossed that line in front of all the priests. Even as they said, get out of here, he picked up the censer to burn it. And God said, sorry, pal. This ends right now. In Proverbs 29, verse 23, a man's pride will bring him low, but the humble spirit will retain honor. In 1 John 2, do not love the world or the things in the world. 
If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. The world is passing away, and the lust it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Uzziah started out great, and then he just fell because pride. We have to be ever so careful of pride. It sneaks in unaware, and all of a sudden you feel like you're responsible for something. You feel like you did this, and you cut God out of the picture. And all of a sudden you feel like you did something on your own. And maybe God used you for some great thing, and that's so wonderful. Give him glory and praise for it. Make sure you're thanking him and giving him the glory for it. Not taking the glory for yourself. Yeah, I did pretty cool, didn't I? Woo. Be careful. When Uzziah was taken away, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. But it wasn't until Uzziah was taken away. He was such a good king. See, even good kings can fall. So you see, we had a father and son who had two different hearts, but it was the same kind of problem. One was only halfway loyal to the Lord, and the other one, heart was lifted up. And they both ended in destruction. There's a lesson in there, guys, that we really have to take to heart. We really have to take it in and think about that. What is your commitment to the Lord? Where is your commitment at? That's between you and God. That's between you and the Lord. And when you do something good for someone, when you do something good for anything, when you work out and the Lord blesses you, please, give credit to God. Don't come in and tell me how wonderful you are. Don't come in and tell me how great you did. All glory comes to God. Because without him, I don't have to take my next breath. If he decides my heart doesn't beat, I got to give him glory and praise for everything. Everything there is. Many times we've talked about finishing well. It's so important. These guys started out pretty good, but they finished poorly. And we see this throughout Scripture. I don't know if they get weary, if they get tired or what. Scripture says, don't get weary of doing good. Stay the course. Fight the good fight. Keep the faith. When Jesus returns, he's going to be looking to see if there's faith in the land. Will he find faith here? Will he find people believing and trusting in him? God's looking for that heart today. In these end times, in these last days, he wants to rise up an army. He wants to rise up an army of, of believers who are trusting totally in him. Totally in him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did all these things back then, why can't he do them now? He's the same God. If there was a revival back in the early 1800s, why can't there be a revival now? If there was a revival back in 1950, why can't there be one now? God's the same. You don't think he wants it? It's his will that none would perish, isn't it? But where's your heart? And we need to be of one mind, of one accord. We need to be united here. Our hearts have to be in one place. It's important for God to move in that way. And I want all of you to finish well. I want all of you to be steadfast until the end. And God can say, well done, good and faithful servant. So God can welcome you in. It's a tale of two hearts. And we can learn so much from them. Second Chronicles is the ongoing account of the kings of Israel and then Judah. Here on A Sure Hope, Pastor Dave has been teaching through this book, giving you a good awareness of the things that happened during this time. 
He started with King Solomon's reign, and you quickly see how when things are managed by mere men, it starts to devolve into selfish wants and desires. This is the way of the world, isn't it? But in contrast to that, you get a glimpse into a few kings who really sought after the Lord and tried to honor him with their kingly reign. Being human, there's always that tension between what you want and how it gives you that esteem versus doing what honors God and gives him glory. It can be easy to look at some of the examples of these kings and quickly start to look down on them. But if you were faced with that same culture and situations, would you do any differently? To know that a few of these men stood up against the crowd is striking. They decided to be countercultural and chose to honor God above all. Wouldn't it be great for God to say the same about you? We're so glad you decided to join us today. This series in the book of 2 Chronicles is one that you'll want to keep tuning into. One teaching connects to the next and helps give you the context of the book as a whole. If you'd like to hear today's message again or you missed one and want to go back to it, head over to assurehoperadio.com. We're out of time for today, but we're excited for you to join us again. Never forget that because of God, you have a sure hope.